Okay, Sarah, I can see you on Skype. I can see your your lovely Hawaiian view of your hotel room. <laughs> how is how is Kona so far? Kona so far has been amazing. It's been super busy. Ashley and I are Ashley and I who do the Facebook Live videos on the Iron Women Facebook page are trying to learn the hula so that we can teach it to all the pros. Naturally, as you do. As you do. So we looked for a hula instructor and we could not find one. You couldn't find a hula instructor in Hawaii. Yes. I'm going to tell you why, though, because there's a story here. I, I <laughs> now course. know why. So, <laughs> so I tasked Ashley with this and she watched some YouTube videos and we learned a little bit how to dance hula. And then we were recording some videos of us under the banyan tree by the pier dancing hula. The, the banyan tree naturally the famous one and ashley we asked this woman if she would help us record the video okay so she recorded the video for us and it turns out she's a hula instructor and also a dance instructor and she told us that the reason that we had trouble finding an instructor is because hawaii is like super serious about their hula Right. So she's like, you okay. can't just you can't just like show up and do a class like they don't have classes at hotels like they would on other islands where people can just join in. They're like, no, here they want you like they, they're pretty serious about their hula. So if you look for a hula instructor, they want you to come to like classes of 10 and whatever. And she does this hula thing that's combined with like fitness, you know, that she teaches. She's a fitness instructor. So she does not take it seriously. Then. So she well. <laughs> <laughs> I guess she was like she was really good at it and she gave us some pointers so then and there oh, good, good. right there we got like a little bit of instruction and also we had already had like we already had like the basics from our YouTube viewing so obviously yeah so but unfortunately we did not get this instruction before we recorded our intro sequence so there's some pretty bad hulaing, especially on my part during the intro sequence but um we have some tips now to share with the pros so Good. And so all of the fun, cool pros will be hulaing That's over right. the next week and a half. Yes, because okay. some people complain and moan about having to dance with us, but not very many. Usually they're up for it. So I'm excited to teach all of these pros how to move their hips. Okay, so coming up on the show, Kelly and I are going to continue to talk about the vibe here in Kona, the ITU grand finale, the new minimum salary for women's cycling, and of course, from the newsletter, Training Etiquette, and how did Kelly get kicked out of her lane at swimming? Live Feisties, If We Were Riding is brought to you by Ass Kicker Inc., whose boutique line of activewear for women features positive uplifting messages such as strong is the new skinny and I can, I will, end of story. You can support the podcast, get 20% off with the code riding at asskickerinc, inc with a K, if We Were Riding is also proud to be sponsored by Crave Jerky. Crave Jerky is low in fat, a good source of protein, gluten-free, yay, and contains all natural ingredients. You can support the podcast and get 20% off your online orders by using the code RIDING at CraveJerky.com. That is Crave with a K. I'm Kelly O'Mara. And I'm Sarah Gross. And you're listening to Live Feisties If We Were Riding. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop. This time, like the last time. You better get ready to race in the top. I'm ready to do this. Show you what the truth is. I step on the field. It's time to get real. I'm feeling so ruthless. My time. 
Okay, so you have been in Kona for two days, three days, one day. How many days? It feels like five, but it's two. <laughs> oh, okay, good. And so you have a full, like you've done the full Kona experience. You've been to the pool. You've been to like the, be- the, the beach. Yeah. You went to the cafe. We've had an acai. Yeah. Whatever. We've been to Lava Java. We've had an acai bowl. I've been to Daylight Mind. All of the things. And so the first morning we actually got up and we decided it would be good. Like, we'll go for a swim at the pool. And I had a meeting at 10. So we had to go. We had to go in the morning and that we start our day off right. Anyway, it turns out like before 10 o'clock in the morning is when everybody. Everyone goes to the pool. Every single pro ever was at the pool. There was no lanes. There was nowhere to swim, which left Ashley and I just wandering around socializing the whole time. And what I thought was really... And calling it a workout. That's (laughs) right. That's right. We were in the sun. There was some sunbathing happening. And so what I thought was really interesting is like even this many days out. So that was Tuesday. So, you know, we're a good 12 days out at that point. Um, How people's energy is so different. And and a lot of these, a lot of the pro women, I know them now. So I know what I I get to have a sense of what they're like on a normal day versus like a pre-Kona day. So some people are super stressed out. Some people are super relaxed. Some people don't even want to talk to us and pretend not to know us. Like there's a, there's a right, sure. wide I might variety. pretend not to know you sometime though. I don't know that that's on me. <laughs> that's on I, you. I feel like this is understandable. Ashley and I actually joked about how people like see us and go, oh no, too much energy and look down and walk away. Exactly. <laughs> you might be like, oh, oh, hey, bye. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah but we definitely take social cues well. So if people don't, okay, good. <laughs> yeah, if people don't want it, don't really want us to rush over and fangirl them, we can usually catch that vibe. So, And what did you learn from these differences in whatever energy? Okay. Do you feel like this is a, an insight into their souls and how they're going to do Sarah? Yeah, I think it is. I do have, like, okay. I have like one early prediction. I'm just going to lay out there. Okay. Just lay it out there. Yeah. All right. So the person that I felt was super relaxed was Miranda Carfrey. Um, and she like, and she also has the new mom thing going on, which I think can work kind of for you or against you race week, depending on how you deal with being that extra busy and also caring for your child. And she's still breastfeeding. Um, but I just got this super good chill vibe from her. I mean, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to go as far as to say, I think she'll beat Daniela, but I think she'll have a good race. Do it. Just go out on a limb, Sarah. Say it. Mm, Mm. I can't. (laughs) I can't. Danielle is not there yet, though, I don't think. I think she's still in Maui. According to Instagram, because this is naturally how I have been following all of the Coda training, <laughs> is everyone's Instagrams. And all of the, the hashtag Road to Coda Instagramming has made me be like, oh, I didn't know those two people were friends. Oh, huh. Those people are training together. Been like a, it's been my own little window, Sarah. <laughs> so do you have any predictions based on your Instagram analysis? Hmm, that's a good question. I actually think Heather Jackson's going to do so. I, I, I think she'll be like, I'm putting her like third or fourth. FYI. Okay. Well, I'm interviewing her tomorrow. So next week on the podcast, let's circle back on that one. And I'll, I'll let you know whether her Instagram five matches her real life vibe. Her real life vibes. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. It is funny though, that this is like the two weeks. I always joke in my mainstream sports reporting, like for ESPN, this is the one week of the year. They're like, what triathlon story do you want to do? This is the two weeks that everyone actually cares about triathlon because Iron Man has managed Iron Man has made managed to make a like marketing behemoth, right? They've like because we're all focused on this one big world championship. Yes. And you know who doesn't do that? ITU. ITU does not have 
like the Olympics, the Olympics are huge. But then the rest of the time, it's like there are World Cups and there are World Triathlons, WTS races. And then there's the grand finale, which is double the points of a regular WTS race. And there's a series winner. It, it isn't the same, Sarah. Okay, are you, maybe you're just too young, but do you remember <laughs> that they used maybe to have a world just... championship? Like, I feel like it's quite recently they had a world championship and then they changed it to this, the series of six or eight races, whatever it is. That... I am aware of that. I don't like actively remember okay. watching a world championship. Do you think it was nine birth? years ago? Right, due to my recent birth. I, uh, I think I watched TV nine years ago, but I think it's been nine years now. Nine oh, or wow. ten. Well, due to my yeah. old age, I feel like it was two years ago. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm not, what I'm not sure, what I'm not clear on, like I take your point about how having a one world championship event that's exciting creates like some, what do you call it? Like, some juju for the sport. But right. that was the wrong word. But anyway, I don't understand. I don't remember why they changed it to this series with the grand finale. Do you? No, because I didn't know, because, you know, I was a child, Sarah. You were a child. A <laughs> I was a child. Uh, I, think, I think the argument is, like, there are more stepping stones now. You know, like, ITU has, ITU is very good at having, like, its development pipeline. Like, there are stepping stones. Like, you start at the Continental Cups, you move up to the World Cups, you move up to the WTS race, right? So they have, like, all these different levels. And having a series overall awards, like, a season and creates an excitement around a season and gets the best people to show up throughout the year. I think that was like the whole like idea, right? It was yeah. getting a competitive season long thing that people would watch, which granted like Iron Man has also tried to figure out how to do that, right? How to get the best people at other races during the year. And, and ITU does that very successfully. Yeah, I think no, you Yeah. I think you're right about those reasons. Okay, so do we think that maybe the solution's super simple? Like maybe the solution is actually just call it a world championship instead of calling it grand finale. And they've already weighted it with double points. So it's just a matter of media and name. And then like, and then you'll have a world champion Mm. instead of like the grand series finale winner or whatever. (laughs) There'll be a world champion and then there'll be like a series winner. Right. Right. And we can all like follow that. We can understand that we like golf is a thing that happens. There's like a champion. And then there's also like, Actually, I have no idea if that's true in golf, but I think it is because I've heard that on like the news. (laughs) Always super informed here on If We Were Riding. Um, (laughs) I think I was actually thinking about tennis, but whatever. Other sports have a champion and also a series. Yeah, that's true. We could handle that. Absolutely. And I'm sure that Iron Man also right now will be glad to learn that we have suggestions for the ITU as well as them. So... If go. they're listening closely. <laughs> Obviously they are. Uh, some people, okay, do listen closely, not to us, but to, you know, people in our sphere. Mm-hmm. And after many, many years of like fighting for it, the women's cycling tour, the UCI women, so the UCI is like the governing body for cycling, finally said like the women will have a minimum salary, which is like a little appalling. There wasn't even like a minimum. They didn't even bother to put one out there. Mm. But now UCI We'll have a minimum salary for women's world tour team riders that will be similar, comparable, I believe is the term they used, to men's team. Okay, so it, this is interesting because I knew we were going to talk about this today. So, and I had reposted an article from Cycling News on my Facebook. Uh-huh. And so I went back to try to find that article 
to reread it so I could speak intelligently to this topic. And the article was gone. Really? Yes. Okay, so I thought this was interesting. So I then went to Cite the Cycling News site and scrolled back. They posted a lot of stuff. Like the stuff they posted just today, there were like 20 things I had to scroll through to finally come to an, an article that wasn't the same as the original article, that they had actually replaced it. And at the top, they it was like one of those newsy things of like, we replaced this with this, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they took down whatever it was that said that the, the starting salary was going to be 38,000 euros. Um, and it was going to be uh, similar to the men's like starting salary, minimum salary. Mm-hmm. The wo- and the women's world tour was going to be similar to the men's world tour salary. Well, it turns out, right. and it was going to be by 2020, I think in the original article. Yes. yes. Okay. So it turns out that's not true. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, they're taking it back. Like okay. every detail is not true. <laughs> so interesting. So the women's minimum salary will equal the men's pro continental level salary so not so the world tour women right are going to equal the continental tour men okay so mm-hmm. it's still good to have a minimum but we're not unequal and it's not by 2020 it's by 2023 and the current oh, oh okay i thought it was 2022 but okay okay and the minimum salary is not thirty eight thousand, but thirty thousand euros a year so that was kind of funny. And then during this second article, they also said they they quoted the guy who originally had made the mistake and they said he made a mistake. <laughs> well, like, was it a mistake? Like, because there were documents like the UCI approved documents, like outlining this plan. So who was confused here? Sarah? I'm, not I'm, sure. I'm not sure who was confused or why, but I think someone just said the wrong words. Kind of like someone said the wrong words to a reporter, which made that reporter say, oh, the women's tour will be the same minimum salary as the men's world tour. But that wasn't the case. So um, so uh, I'm going to call it a step in the right direction. um, Okay, baby step, baby step. Yeah, a very baby step. But it's not like world tour equals world tour. It's like world tour equals continental tour. So, well, you know, it's also kind of crazy that they didn't have a minimum salary period before right right fair and like so. and 30 even like and thirty thousand euros um i don't i mean it's not bad it's not bad you know it's a good place to start right. i they were also talking about having by 2023 having 10 women's teams at that level so i don't know how they predict that but um right how they're gonna get how they're gonna is there an action plan here it's yeah clear. where that's money is gonna come from <laughs> but uh hopefully somewhere okay Well, there you go. See, guys, sometimes we speculate wildly and sometimes we do research (laughs) and update you on the information. I think, too, like in the world of cycling, it's like cycling's like a black hole of like inequality in terms. Well, yeah, cycling's really bad in terms of the endurance worlds. Right. So I think that with the fact that this is coming out of cycling is good, like it's it's sort of better than it seems on the surface because it's cycling and we're going to give them a little extra longer rope because they're taking it a little longer than other sports. So. Yeah, they're, they're making like a bigger jump, even though historically women, by, whatever, you know, when you go way back in history, it wasn't always unequal. It just did that to itself, but that's fine. Fine, fine, whatever. It's actually not fine, but you know, we'll deal with fine. it. Fine. Okay, so from the newsletter, Kelly, I have to ask you this. How did you get kicked out of your swim lane? Okay, so I mean, my gym 
has a lot of old people, right? And there are a lot of there's a lot of drama around like swim lane and swim lane etiquette and like sharing lanes to the point that the lifeguards now have to like manage it and like ask people if so and so can split a lane with them because there's been a lot of drama. So I was swimming in a lane with an like we were splitting it. I was splitting it with another girl. She was much slower than me. That's fine. Who cares? Like we're splitting the lane. So she's swimming on that half. I'm swimming on my. And I was on the wall in between intervals. People standing on deck, like looking at me, didn't say anything while I was on the wall. Wait till I'm halfway into my next like hard interval. Guy like jumps into like water, like almost on top of me in a lane that already has two people in it. So I wasn't like nice about this, right? Because I had seen him looking at me and he didn't, you know, and he waited until I was in the middle. So I came up out of the water swearing. Like I came up like, motherfucker, what do you think you're doing? <laughs> mm-hmm. so I wasn't nice about it. How did it. that land with our friend? Swim guy. Well, he was like, well, you're going to have to, you're going to have to circle swim. The pool's full. And so I tried to explain to him that that didn't make like this. You can only circle swim. And I outlined this in the newsletter in my rules for pool swimming. You can only circle swim if you are about the same speed, right? It doesn't work. If you're going to be lapping a person every 50 yards, it does not work, right? This is not just in my head. It does not work. That's true. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> and I, so I said, like, I, we can't circle swim. Like, we're not even the same speed. Like, find, like, there are this pool is like 15 lanes. Like there has to be someone who's similar speeds. And he said, well, too bad. You're going to have to circle. So I was like, this doesn't make any sense. And the other girl by then had stopped swimming. And she was like, this girl, like, we're not the same speed. You know, she, me, yeah. the girl saying she's way faster than me. This doesn't make sense. And the guy's like, well, too bad. The pool's full. I've been waiting. Like, and I was like, what the fuck? I said, the lifeguard's like, well, you get out. He's saying to me like, well, get out. We'll find you a better spot to swim. So I got out and then after I got out and I like walked over to somewhere else and somebody else was getting out of their lane and I got in that lane and it was fine. I was like, wait, did I just get kicked out of my, like this guy came in, like made me, like got in my lane while I was in the middle. And then was like, well, if you don't like it, you could leave. And then I like literally just walked into another lane that he could have got it. Like what the fuck, Sarah? Wow. (laughs) Isn't that ridiculous? I was like, this is ridiculous. So that happened. So then I got all annoyed and I was like, how do people not understand like, why is this such an ordeal every time I go to the pool? Like, why do people not understand the rules of, like, lap swimming? I think because, and this is not going to answer your question in any way, but I know this <laughs> to be, like, a fact of swimming, that intelligent people, when put in the water, just lose their minds and do, like, crazy oh, things. They can't tell time anymore. They don't know how to compute how many laps they've done. It's, it's a, this crazy phenomenon with swimming. No issue. It is whenever I go to masters and like they cannot figure out the workout. They don't, you're like, guys, it's a pattern. It's always a pattern. It's always like four, three, two, one. Like it's always a pattern. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> like this isn't hard. Your expectations are too high. <laughs> yeah, well. So I did outline what I thought were like a primer on the, the basic etiquette rules of like pool swimming, bike, biking, running. If you guys haven't read so. Kelly's newsletter this week, it is on livefeisty.com. Um, and definitely mm-hmm. sign up for future episodes because yeah. you want to know all about Kelly's rules, obviously. Um, I want to know all about my rules. But I'm going to call you out on one. You run with traffic? I run with what traffic. What if you get so, yeah, so hit I outlined, from behind? I thought you're fucking going to get hit head on or behind. It doesn't matter if you saw it, if you got hit, FYI. <laughs> but if you see it, you can jump out of the way. No, but you can't. So this is like, that's like, this is totally, okay, side point. I outlined a bunch of rules. I thought people were going to argue with me about a lot of them. People largely didn't because most of them are like split a lane, like circle some with people your same speed, tell someone you're going to like, these are all like comments, like don't take selfies in the middle of a race, use common rules of the road when biking. All these are basic. But the one that I really thought people were going to argue with me about was that I think you should run with traffic, not against traffic. Well, I'm arguing with you now. 
particularly on like now particularly on bike fast like i don't oh on, on bike i don't pass, really so i might give you that point. yeah 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 on roads i kind of like come and go depending on the road like depending on like what the shoulder looks like and you know if there are like blind turns you know what i'm saying like i'll like kind of come and go but on bike paths, I really do think you should run with the bikes because otherwise you're just creating chaos, right? You have like people running into cyclists. I guess it makes sense. So here's my argument, Sarah. You ready? Yeah. The whole notion of running against traffic because you're going to see the thing that kills you does not make you safer. It makes you feel safer. What you are actually doing is decreasing the distance in between the thing that hits you and you. You are actually giving you less time to react and giving them less time to react. And they don't expect something to be coming at them because all of our rules of the road are to go with traffic. Bikes go with traffic, cars go with like. So if you follow the rules, like the generally accepted rules of the road, where you know you're like, this is how we've like all learned to drive and walk and everything, where you're all going in one direction, you pass to the left, slower things, slower people things stay to the right. If you stay within that flow, people are expecting that. They like know that there might be something up ahead, like on their right, like a pulled over car, a biker, right? Like that, that's like all within the scheme. If they see something coming at them, and this is particularly true on bike paths, when you're like biking and all of a sudden someone's running at you, you don't know if you're supposed to go left or right. You do the whole thing where you're like, oh, 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 God, oh, which way should we? And then like that creates more chaos, right? You don't have a flow, a safe flow of like everyone knowing you always pass on the left is simple. Like, yeah, you might have like, what it requires is that you just have faith, right? That you just believe the person behind you is going to pass you and it will be fine and you won't freak out. The biggest problem in this, the only reason that people like don't like running with traffic is because it freaks them out, right? It gets in their head. They like listen to headphones or whatever and they like freak out when a biker bikes by them too fast. I've even had people freak out when I run by them too fast, right? Like, and that's a perception thing. That's not an actual safety thing. That's just like a you want to feel like you're in control and you're like, you just need to be like, you just need to have more faith in people, Sarah, that if we follow the system, it will work out. Okay. I have something to say here. So brace yourself. Okay. Cause this might be, <laughs> this might be the first time ever and always. I think you just convinced me of your point. <laughs> you're like, so, put it down. Mark this day. Yes. Well done, Kelly. <laughs> I'm convinced that we should run with traffic. <laughs> Of course, the biggest problem is obviously people running against traffic because then you run into them. So right. that's, that's the whole hazard. Which like incidentally is like a massive hazard here in Kona. Like you've been yeah, here, right? Yeah. Where people are running every which way on both sides of the road. Plus there's bikes on a leaky drive. Plus there's cars. Yeah. And like there's, it's testament to it. The fact that like every year someone gets hit. <laughs> um. And if we all just followed the same system, if we all followed Kelly's rules of training etiquette, right. we'd be better off. Okay, look at that. Right. I'm convinced. Okay, so one thing you didn't talk about, which we're going to talk about after the break, we're going to do Sarah and Kelly's locker room rules. So wait for that after this. We would like to thank our sponsors, Ask Kicker Inc. and Crave Jerky. You can support the podcast and get 20% off by using the code RIDING, that's R-I-D-I-N-G, at askkickerincinkwithak.com and Crave Jerky, cravewithak.com. If you don't already, follow us on all the social medias at If We Were Riding on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And make sure you subscribe to our feed on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If We Were Writing is hosted by Kelly O'Mara and me, Sarah Gross. Our fabulous editor is Aaron Hamilton. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop. This time, like the last time. You better get ready to race in the titty to do this. Show you what the truth is. I step on the field. It's time to get real. And I'm feeling so ruthless. Okay, Kelly, what's your number one locker room etiquette rule? Okay. I thought this the other day. I thought this in my head and I almost tweeted it. That really all I ask for in a locker room is that I don't have to accidentally touch a naked stranger. Like, that's it. That's all I want. I don't really, any, everything else is just like icing. Everything falls under that. Okay, I have a few more. <laughs> I have a few more than that. <laughs> what? <laughs> Funnily enough. Okay, first of all, no shaving. Okay. Okay. No personal douches in the, sh- in the public shower. Number well, two. Okay, that's, yeah well we have like private showers at my gym so like i don't really like examine what people are doing but okay no but <laughs> like, in, when there's in swimming like old school swimming locker rooms we have a yeah big yeah, open yeah. Where there's, like the big yeah just like no personal i think the shaving and the douching go together in one like no personal cleansing things like this yeah, is like your shower yeah, after your swim like just wash your hair and get out of there have your proper shower later or the next day or whatever okay and another one that really bothers me i don't know how you would like enact this rule but i can picture the sign now it's like, don't be a bend over. Like, so don't bend over when you're naked. Oh, yeah. Because that bothers me the most. Is when that's like, when you accidentally, well, that's when you accidentally end up touching people that you're like, what the fuck? Why'd you just. Somebody bends over naked. Why are you taking yeah. up like all this space and bending over into my space? I don't know what to do with this. And they butt you. And the other thing is like, yeah, ladies, like, do you know exactly. what happens when you, if you bend over with straight legs to pick up something off the ground? And your butt and whatever else is shining out to the rest of like, do you know what we see? I don't want to see that accidentally. Like, I really don't. This is like, don't bend over when you're naked, people. I really and like, OK, so in college, there were always like the old people, old people. They were probably like your age. But in college, <laughs> they seemed old who would like use our facilities because they were really nice because I went to Berkeley. And like, so there's like community members, right? Mm-hmm. And they were always like walking around naked. And I remember being like 18 and like hiding, you know, changing under my towel mm-hmm. and being like, oh my God, these people are ridiculous. And then I, and then at grad school, I was just like changing like a regular person in the locker room. And I could see the 18 year olds looking at me and being like, oh my God, that old lady is just like changing naked. I was like, oh my God, I've become the old lady. But now I'm at my JCC gym and I am not the old lady. There are like the old ladies who don't give a shit anymore. Right. And they're like drying everything out with the hairdryer while they're naked. They like are just doing it all. They're like, like sitting on the bench naked. Like, oh, yeah, don't do that. And you're like, oh, oh don't that's sit on the bench yeah. Naked. yeah. Oh, also. Yeah, it's I, not good. Yeah, not good. Also, like other other personal hygiene things like don't brush your teeth in the shower. This is one I've seen before. Okay, that's weird. That's just, that's like weird, yeah. Oh, yeah, this is, I don't know. Okay, so I feel like there should be a list of rules inside the locker room. And I think if we put this out to our audience, maybe they would come, maybe your mom has some rules for us. <laughs> My for mom probably room. has some thoughts. All yeah, right. so if anyone okay. has thoughts, we would like to hear them. Send us, record an audio memo on your phone. It's very, very easy. And then send it to us on an email to sarah at livefeisty.com. And you will be, you're voicemail will be played right here on the podcast. So tell us about your locker room etiquette rules. 